the new covenant jesus is our intercessor jesus is interceding for us we saw that in hebrews chapter 7 25 and then we also saw in romans chapter 8 34 and then we also saw that the holy ghost is helping us in prayers the holy ghost is interceding for us hallelujah one of the greatest things a believer can do is to come to a point where he's able to pray effectively and in the new covenant god has given us the grace to come to a point where we are able to pray effectively when you get your prayer life in order your relationship with god will be rich your relationship with god will be solid you will not be pushed out by the forces of darkness when the forces of darkness comes against you they can't do you anything you are just solid because you know how to communicate with god you know how to commune with god unfortunately many have limited prayer to just asking and receiving like we said last week these things they are not it's not evil to ask God for material things. It's just that that level of prayer is for babies in Christianity. It's for those with little faith. Those with that faith, their concern is just, you know, to ask, Lord, I need the Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. And that way they don't have a relationship with God. They don't know how to pray. In the day of adversity, they can't pray. When the enemy struck, they are in confusion, they are in disarray. And then they'll be jumping from one prayer camp to another prayer camp, from one prophetic service to another prophetic service, looking for who to pray for them. That is why it is very important as a believer, the greatest secret you can learn is the secret of effective and effectual prayers. Hallelujah. Jesus is our intercessor. Amen. Let's just refresh our mind. Let's go to Hebrews 25. So Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 hebrews 7 25 we have a lot to cover so i'll be speaking fast amen i'll be speaking fast so please follow me and we welcome our international audience amen hallelujah amen. those watching live from ghana nigeria and across the globe we welcome you to our sunday broadcast hallelujah hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. See, he ever lived to make intercession for them. So he ever lived to make intercession for them. So Jesus is sitting at the right of the Father, making intercession for those who are yet to come into the kingdom. And we are in partnership with Jesus Christ to intercede, hallelujah, for this men and women. And Romans 8, 34, Say the same thing that, of course, Romans 8 26, talking about the Holy Spirit helping our infirmities. Now, let me tell you something when it comes to the inter intercession, the Old Testament intercession is different from the Old Testament intercession. Amen. Yeah. When it comes to intercession, the Old Testament intercession is different from what the New Testament intercession. And there's a time that I'm going to do a series of teaching, especially on intercession. But I just want to give you a preview. I want to summarize what intercession is in the Old Testament, what intercession was in the Old Testament, and what intercession is in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, intercession in the Old Testament was to stop the judgment of God from coming upon the people. It was to stop what? The judgment of God coming upon the people. That was intercession in the Old Testament. And God used Moses to do that. Praise the Lord. God used Moses to do what? To do that. You can find that in Numbers chapter 14. You can find that in Exodus chapter 20, uh, 32 verse 7 to 14. You can also find that in Psalm 106 verse 23. Let me go back to the, the, the scriptures and chapters again. Numbers 14, 11 to 19. Exodus 32, 7 to 14. Psalms 106 verse 23. Those are scriptures that tell us about in the intercessory ministry of what? Moses. Moses interceded for the wrath of God, for the judgment of God to stay away from the people. And that he said, Lord, repent of this evil. 
and God repented and did not destroy the whole nation of Israel. Because God told Moses that he, he was going to destroy all of them so that he would make a nation after Moses mightier and greater than the children of Israel. Ah, Moses and Lord, the Egyptians will say, because you were not able to take care of them, you destroyed them. Lord, repent of this evil. So Moses interceded on behalf of the people of God. And then the judgment of God was stayed. Even though the ones in Exodus 32, about 14,000 people died. The one in Numbers 14, what God said was that from 20 years upwards, they won't enter into Canaan. They were going to die because of their sin against God. Amen. Now, we also see in Daniel, I think Daniel chapter 9, you can cross-check that later, how Daniel interceded for the judgment of God to stay away. So you see Daniel repenting on behalf of Israel and confessing sins and the sins of his forefathers, the sins of the whole nation of Israel. He pleaded with God that God should forgive so that the slavery would come to an end because they were supposed to be in captivity for 70 years. We saw Daniel interceding for the nation of who? Israel, the nation of Israel. Amen. And then we saw Abraham. Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. How many of you remember that? Abraham interceding for what? Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis chapter 18, verse 16, all the way down. Abraham interceding. Abraham said, the last one Abraham left was that if there are ten righteous men, in Sodom and Gomorrah, will he destroy those righteous men together with the wicked? God said no. That Abraham stopped. That, mean, that means that God could not find how many righteous, ten righteous men in Sodom and Gomorrah. What Abraham was doing was to stay the judgment of God from coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, that type of prayers cannot be prayed in the New Testament. Amen. You can't intercede in the new covenant. You can't intercede the way Moses did. You can't intercede the way Abraham did. You can't intercede the way Daniel did. Those prayers are no longer in play. They are no longer active. They are no longer active. Praise the Lord. Why am I saying that? Praise the Lord. Let's go to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Look at this wonderful truth. Isaiah 59. Please follow me. I'm going to run fast so that we can finish this topic today. If we don't finish, we'll continue next week. Amen. But this is loaded. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, are you there? Verse 15 and 16. It's a shame. Okay. Let, let me start from verse 13. I'm, because of time, I should have read the whole of Isaiah 59 so that we take it verse by verse to explain. You know, Isaiah 59 says, Look, it, the heaven says, Sin separates from God. Let me read verse 1. Behold, the hand, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot say, neither is here heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities are separated between you and your God. Your sins are have hid his face from you that he would not hear. This was possible under the old covenant that the sins of the people caused God to hide his face from them. In the old covenant, in the new covenant, this does not apply. Sin is not the reason why God is not hearing people's prayers. Let me say, some of you will be shocked. Sin is no longer the reason why God doesn't answer prayers. This does not apply to the new covenant believer. It says the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot say, neither is here heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities are separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips are spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. This is no longer the risk, like I told because of time. We can't go through verse by verse. But this is no longer applicable to the new covenant believer. Amen. In the new covenant, the scripture clearly says, a new covenant I will make, write it in your heart and in your mind. And by that, 
your word will be his word will be in our heart and that our sins and iniquities will what he will remember no more so sin is no longer the reason why God does not answer prayers in this dispensation. Praise the Lord. Convince yourself. Sin is no longer what? The reason God is not hearing prayers. The reason, number one reason why God is not answering prayers in this dispensation is purely ignorance. Ignorance of his word. Ignorance of the goodness of God. Ignorance of the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? I would have gone for shopping. Hallelujah. Alright. Let me show you something. In that same Isaiah chapter 59. Look at verse 15 and 16. Yet truth fell, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Verse 16. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Now, here, the Lord is telling us that in the whole of the old covenant there was no intercessor. No. But Moses interceded for the people, is that not it? Daniel interceded. Abraham interceded. But why is God saying here that there was no intercessor? True intercession, listen to me. True intercession is not just to avert judgment upon the people but to bring the people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is true intercession. Wait. Let me read it again. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness is sustained. This is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Jesus. This is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 8 34. Hebrews chapter 7, 25. This is clearly talking about Jesus. He said there was no man, there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm, that is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, brought salvation unto him. Jesus brought salvation unto the Father. Jesus brought salvation unto mankind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God couldn't find anybody to intercede. Even if there was a man like Moses, Moses couldn't do that. David couldn't do that. There was no prophet in the old covenant that was stand between God and man. No, no, nobody could do that. Only Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only Jesus could stand between God and man. Only Jesus could stand between God and man. That is why Jesus wasn't the giver of the law. If you read the Hebrews, we are told that Moses was the mediator of the law between God and man. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, please pay attention because this is getting interesting. If you capture this, your prayer life will change. If you capture this, when you go into prayers, you will know exactly what God wants you to do. That is why I'm speaking so fast because I want to cover as many as we can. And if not, maybe the rest will be a big, big service. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at verse 17. For he put on righteousness as blessed, blessed white plate, and heaven of salvation upon his head, and he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clothed with zeal. As this is talking about Jesus, the intercession ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, remember I said that we are to partner with Jesus in his intercessory ministry because he is the head. We are what? We are the body. You can't separate the head from the body. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father doing what? Interceding for those who are lost. Interceding for those who are afar off. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look, look, let, let me show you something. John chapter 17. Let's look at the prayer Jesus prayed before he left. Or oh, remember uh, last night or this morning when I was testing you, John 17? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Read, read one of the, the scriptures that I sent to you. Thank you, Jesus. Why he said, not for only these ones, not for only these ones. I listed some points over there. Thank you, Jesus. 
John chapter 17. I think it should be the third one. The third to last one. The, the second to last one. Read the second to last one for me, please. So it says verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Look, look at it though. He just said, Neither pray I for this alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through what? Through their word. You see the intercession ministry of Jesus here? Jesus was not only praying for his disciples, but he was praying for those of us who will what? Who will believe his word through the preaching of the gospel. So Jesus is still praying for those who will be hearing the word, those who will be receiving the word. Jesus is interceding for them. And we are to partner with Jesus for these men and women. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Look, look at verse 20 again. Neither pray I for this alone. You see the intercessory ministry here? He said there was no man, there was no intercessor. Isaiah 59 verse 16. There was no intercessor. So Jesus came as our great intercessor. Hallelujah. Say to me, Jesus is my great intercessor. Jesus is my great intercessor. He ever lived to intercede for me. I am in partnership with Christ Jesus to intercede effectively for those who are far off, for those who are lost, for those who ought to be in this kingdom. Hallelujah. That is what we are called to do. That is the essence of the new covenant. That is the essence of the new covenant prayers to intercede together with Christ Jesus, to pray for those who are far off, to pray for those who are yet to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. To pray for those who are not yet born again. That is the prayer the new covenant believer must be praying. Hallelujah. This makes prayer more exciting. So you wake up in the morning after worshiping him, after thanking him, telling him all the sweet words, after pouring your love upon him and receiving his love, you go into prayers. For salvation of souls. Jesus, who are you serving today? I partner with you. Let your loving kindness reach them. Let your goodness reach them. Let your grace reach them. Let your grace draw them. Let your goodness draw them. Let your message draw them into glory teaching ministries. Direct them to this church. Hallelujah. Because this is where you are and the word of God is here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed this morning? Uh, I am blessed. I don't know about you. Bless. I am blessed. In fact, I think even if we end here, we'll die well. Amen. Knowing that Jesus prayed not just for his disciples, the 12 apostles. You know, Judas, the Lord Judas, when they were 11. And the added one. You know, not only did he pray for them, but for those that were here. That is what, look, that is what in Acts chapter 2, eh? After Peter preached, the word of God pricked their heart, and 3,000 souls came into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because of this prayer, John 10, John 17, 20. John 17, 20. When Peter preached, the word of God cut through their heart. He said, they asked Peter, he said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? The message Paul is preaching. Uh, Peter, the message, what is come out of Peter's mouth, we can't ignore this word. He said, what shall we do to be saved? Peter said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the promise of the Spirit. Because it is for you, for your children, and for those who are far off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was the effect. Acts chapter 2. The revival that started in chapter 2. The 3,000 souls that came to Christ in Acts chapter 2 was as a result of the intercessory ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ in John 17, 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Do you see John 17, 20, he has interceded already. He has prayed for them. Then Acts chapter 2, we saw a great revival. Acts chapter 2, 3,000 souls came into the body of Christ. That's a good day. Hallelujah. 
very soon in this ministry, we will see 3,000 people giving their life to Christ. Amen. I said we will see 3,000 souls coming to Christ one day. Amen. We will see 3,000 souls coming to Christ one day in this ministry. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So what must we do? What must we do? We have to partner with Jesus in this ministry. That is the essence of the New Testament prayers. The New Testament prayers is to partner with our Lord Jesus Christ in, the, in, his, in his intercessory prayers for souls. The essence of the New Covenant prayers is to partner with Jesus in praying for souls. I say, Father, I'm not only praying for these ones, but for those who are far off. Those who are far off. Those that will hear the message, those that will hear the gospel and will believe the gospel, I am praying for them also. I am praying for them also. Hallelujah. So Jesus prayed for you a long time ago before we came to know him as our Lord and Savior. And there are billions out there that Jesus is praying for them. Together you and I, partner with Jesus Christ, we are praying for them and they are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. They will come uh, they will come. They will come. I heard a testimony when I was coming. I was listening to uh, you know, my father and the Lord Bishop the Pope. And then one Muslim man was in prison. Was in prison for two and a half years or so. He said every day one of the church members will, go and come, will come and minister the word to them. He said after a while he gave his life to Christ because of the demonstration of the love of that brother. He saw the love of God coming from that brother. So he gave his love to Christ and changed his name from Yusuf to Felix. I think, yeah, Yusuf to Felix or something like that. And then, after he has given his life to Christ, he was released, miraculously released, discharged from the prison. He came to give testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to partner with Jesus in this ministry. This is the ministry. The day Jesus will say, Father, I have prayed enough. The prayer of bringing more into the kingdom has ended. That is the end of salvation for men. Nobody can be saved again. The dispensation of grace will come to an end. But as long as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, together with us, interceding for those who are still out there, the doors of salvation are open. The doors of salvation are open. Anybody can be saved. Anybody can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Anybody can give his life to Christ. But a day is coming when Jesus will say, Father, Amen. The day Jesus will say, Amen to his own prayers, that's it. Salvation ended. That's the day we'll be caught up in the air with him. That's the day of rapture. Woe to any man that will not be caught up. You will regret ever being born. That is the day the judgment of God will be released. Now, God's judgment is not coming upon any nation. God is not going to consume nations like he did when he was about to destroy Israel. Why? Because the judgment of God for sin was put on Jesus. Did you see that? The judgment of God for sin was put on Jesus. So now the judgment of God will come upon any man, will come upon nations. Because that judgment was absorbed in the blood of Christ, in Jesus' one hand on the cross. What is happening now? The intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ, let me show you something. Is God releasing mercies, releasing grace, releasing his goodness, releasing his kindness. Releasing his love, unconditional love, onto those who are far off. Drawing them by his love. Like first lady was talking about the love of God. You saw that powerful scripture that she read to us. That the, the what what was the one from the eyes? Which one from the eyes? Can you read it for Please read it fast, 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 fast. Quick. It said, it said uh, the, the love coming from his eyes, he did what? He turned. Please read it. Find it and read it quick. Hallelujah. So, so God, the intention ministry of Jesus is releasing his love, releasing his goodness, releasing his kindness, releasing his grace 
to those who are far off, to the unbelievers. He's drawing them into his kingdom through his love. Have you found it? Yes. So it's, it's the Lord telling us that turn your flashing eyes away from me. The, the Lord is telling us that we should do what? Turn your flashing eyes away from me, for they have confused and overcome me. Hallelujah. You, you see, this has to do with men overflow with the love of God to the point that his love will be flashes of light coming out of their eyes. How, how is that possible? Because of the intercession ministry of Jesus. Because of what Jesus is doing. And we ought to partner with our Lord and Savior Jesus in these prayers. We ought to partner with Him. Praise the Lord. Now let me show you how we ought, where we come in in this prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 17, 18 going. Hallelujah. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is the ministry of intercessory prayers. Hello? The ministry of reconciliation is what? Is also the ministry of intercessory prayers. And these prayers are prayed not to avert the judgment of God on humanity. No. These prayers are prayers where we pray to release the love of God upon humanity. To release the love of God upon those who are far. To release the message of God upon those who are far. To release the grace of God upon those who are far. Intercessory ministry now is releasing God's love upon unbelievers. Releasing God's message upon unbelievers. Releasing God's grace upon unbelievers. Releasing God's goodness upon unbelievers. That is intercessory ministry. It is no longer trying to prevent the judgment of God. Jesus took that judgment upon his body on the cross. The judgment of God is on hold. The judgment of God is what? Is on hold. It is after those who have rejected Jesus, those who will not receive him as his Lord and Savior, when the era, when the dispensation of grace is over, then the judgment of God will be released. But for this dispensation, the judgment of God was consumed in the body of Christ. The judgment of God has been stayed. Has been stayed. Has been stayed. So intercessory prayers now is praying for the release of God's love upon unbelievers. Pray for the release of the message of God upon unbelievers. Pray for the release of the grace of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God upon unbelievers. That is intercessory prayers. And that is the real prayers in the new covenant. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has given us what? The ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is it includes the preaching of the word and intercessory prayers. Remember John 17, 20? That he's also praying for those who what, who will hear the words of the apostles and believe those words. He's praying for them. So the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ includes the preaching of the word and praying for unbelievers. The ministry of reconciliation includes the preaching of the word to the unbelievers. And praying for God's love, goodness, mercies, grace to be revealed to them. Praise the Lord. Verse 17. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So right now, God is not imputing sin upon the world. Because God is reconciling them to himself through Christ Jesus, through the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ, through our preaching and through our prayers, we partner with the Lord Jesus Christ, preaching and praying. God is reconciling men unto himself. Verse 20. Now that we are ambassadors for Christ. Did you see that? We are what? We are ambassadors for Christ. 
You see, we are here on earth as what? Ambassadors. Reconciling men and women to God through the preaching of God's word and through the praying of the release of the love of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, and the message of God upon humanity. Now that we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we praise you in Christ that ye be reconciled to God. For he has made it to be seen for us who need no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So in the intercessory ministry of Jesus, let me show you exactly how we should pray. Let me show you how we should pray. First Timothy chapter 2. Go with me to First Timothy chapter 2. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Amen. Am I running too fast? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh man, this is it. This is it. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. Please follow me. And please pay attention carefully. I exhort therefore the first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of tongues be made for all men. This is the root of the New Testament prayers. This is how the New Testament believers should pray. Look at what Paul said. He said, I exhort you, I beseech you therefore, that first of all, first of all, that means after your thanksgiving, after worshiping God, after praying God, the next thing to do is to pray for all men. All men. All men. So it means all men. Including the ones you don't like. Including the ones you hate. Including the ones you wish they fall down and die today. All men. All what? All men. Say with me, all men. All men. All men. Hallelujah. Now, and he listed this man that we should pray for. He said, number two, for kings. For what? Kings. That includes presidents, including the ones you refuse to vote for. Including the ones you prayed against that they should not win elections. My wife is laughing. She understands. Hallelujah. For kings and for all that are in authority. So whether they are Democrats, Republicans, NPP, NDC, ADP, whichever political party, that is ruling. That is in government. We must pray for them. Whether we like them or not, it is part of the new covenant prayers to pray for any political party that is in power. To pray for any government, whether it's a believer, unbeliever, a Buddhist, whatever the religion he is. We are given a mandate to pray for them. Hallelujah. Man, this has Prayers in the New Testament have changed drastically. It is no longer what you eat and drink. Now, God has committed nations into your hands. Now, you are still praying for what you eat and drink. When will you wake up and start praying for nations? God has committed nations into our hands. Yet, the New Testament believer is still praying for bread, bread, bread. Lord, give me a husband, Lord, a wife. My God, a dead wife. You must appear by fire. Come down from heaven above. <laughs> that, that is the prayer of some believers Lord this year must be married I must be married by tender by fire and for the next three hours is marriage, marriage, marriage that is not what you are command, commanded to do you are commanded in prayers first of all to pray for kings to pray for those who are in authority whether you like them or not whether they are handsome or not, whether they are old or young, whether they are ugly or about to die, the scriptures say, do what? Pray, first of all, for kings and for all those that are in authority. So in America, yeah, that will include the president, whether Democrat or Republican. The Senate, Congress, governors, mayors, assemblymen, all level of authority, we have to pray for them. We have to pray for them. We are 
we have to intercede for them. We have to intercede for them. We have to stand in the gap with Jesus Christ for them. And I will tell you why. Hallelujah. Are you ready? That we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and what? Honesty. The reason why there is no godliness in our government, no godliness in any institution in this world, is because believers have failed in prayers. Be right. The reason why sin is prevented, corruption is prevented in governments across Africa, across nations of the earth, is that the church has failed in prayers. You can't blame corruption in governments. Did you see that word? Did you see it again? Is it in your Bible? Let's read it again. Verse 2. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may live a what? A quiet and a peaceable life. Now, the question is, are we living quiet and peaceable lives across nations? No. Why? Believers have failed in the intercessory ministry that Jesus gave them. They have refused to partner with Jesus Christ. They are not praying for those in leadership. So they will just come out and give us any laws. They are not praying for heads of schools. They are not praying for headmasters. They are not praying for teachers. So the teachers will bring pornographic materials to school. They will introduce religious, all kinds of things to school. Because no, the Christians are not praying for them. Selfish prayers. Lord, me and my children. Lord, me and my house. Lord, this. Lord, thank you. Ten minutes prayer, they are done. And you are complaining why evil is prevailing in our schools. You are complaining why evil is prevailing in our governments. You are complaining why evil is prevailing even in presidency. The church has failed in this ministry that Jesus gave us. So it's a quiet and peaceable life. In all godliness. And honesty, can we find godliness in kingdoms today? Look at what happened to the kingdom, the, the presence of Zimbabwe. Look at what happened to the presence of Zimbabwe to the point that even man of God was involved. No godliness, no godliness in governments. No godliness in political parties. No god, no godliness in various heads of institutions. Because believers are not praying. Our prayers have been selfish prayers. Praying for ourselves, praying for our families, and that is it. Everybody go to hell. That is not prayers in the new covenant. That's not prayers in the new covenant. That's not prayer. Somebody said, but pastor, don't you know these people are sinners? They will change. They will keep doing corruption, they will keep stealing, they will keep changing figures, they will keep doing... Who told you? Who told you to keep doing that if we pray for them? Because the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, that Jesus is able to save those who are what? Are far off. Uttermost. He's able to save them. Jesus is able to save them. Your duty is not to complain about their behavior. Your duty is to partner with Jesus Christ and believe God for their salvation. Your duty is to pray. To, to pray. Hallelujah. Your duty is to do what? To pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But pastor, are we not to pray that judgment will not come upon them? No. No judgment is coming upon them. The judgment that will have come upon these people came upon Jesus on the cross. There's another judgment that is set for those who reject Jesus. Until that time comes, judgment will come upon these people. Judgment will do what? Will come upon them. Hallelujah. Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. It is what? It is good oh, to pray for kings. It is good to pray for presidencies, to pray for leaders, to pray for the Senate, to pray for Congress, the governors, all the leadership in various countries. It is good and acceptable. So imagine Jesus Christ taking hold of governments in every nation of the earth. 
Imagine the souls that will be coming to the body of Christ every single day. Imagine Jesus taking hold of presidencies across the world, nations across the earth. Imagine souls that will be coming. Whether Muslim, it doesn't matter religion. Government becomes the president, the believers will start, Lord, reach out to this man. Let me show you something. Now, he said we have to pray for king. Is that not it? We have to pray for all those who are in authority. We have to pray for all men. Kings, all those who are in authority and for all men. And how are we going to pray? How are we going to pray for them? Romans chapter 2. Now, we will come back to First uh, Timothy chapter 6. First uh, Timothy chapter 1. Chapter 2, verse 1 going. But let's go to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Let me show you how we are to pray for them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you here or you go for shopping? Romans chapter 2, are you there? Let me show you something here. This is how we are to pray. For all men, for kings, for those in leadership, this is how we are to pray for them. Thank you, Jesus. Let me start from verse 3 to 4. And think that this old man that judges them will do something and does the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or oh, despise, despises thou the riches of his goodness. Now, look at this. He said, are you despising the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering? Not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to what? To repentance? So in prayers, we are to pray for the richness, the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering to be released to them. When we are praying for all men, when we are praying for our leaders, when we are praying for these senators, these governors, these congressmen, the teachers, the police officers, all those in authority, all men, we have to pray for the riches of his work, his goodness to be released to them. Praise the Lord. Why? Because his goodness will lead them to what? To repentance. What is the essence of praying for all men? For them to repent. For them to come to the same knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it is the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering that will lead them to repentance. Praise the Lord. So in prayers, when we are praying for all men, we are praying for governors, we are praying for our leaders, our teachers, our police officers, all those in authority, and all men, as New Testament believers, as we partner with our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are praying, we have to pray for the riches of his goodness to be released abundantly upon them. Lord, let the riches of your goodness, the riches of your goodness, the riches of your kindness, the riches of your mercies, and forbearance, and long-suffering be released upon all our leaders, upon all presidents across the globe, all men across the globe, in all continents, in the name of Jesus, so that they will come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, so that they will come to the repentance, and salvation that is in Christ Jesus. This is how we have to pray for all men. This is how you have to pray for all men. Hallelujah. Are you excited? Are you excited? Let me show you another way to pray for all men. Titus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to Titus chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Titus chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 1 going very fast. Follow me. It said, put them in mind. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers. To obey magistrates. To be ready to every good work. Alright. It said, to speak evil of no man. To be no brother. But gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. Now, Paul is saying that the men that we are to pray for, they were, we are looking at them foolish, we are looking at them as corrupt men, 
They are stupid. They are into corruption and bribery, stealing, and all kinds of things. Partnering with the devil, carrying out Satan's agenda. He said, We were one like them. We were like them. We were like them. We ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. Did you see that? Hating one another. But after the kindness and love of God and our Savior towards men appeared. Hallelujah. What has appeared? But the kindness and love of God and our Savior towards men appeared. That is what we have to pray. The Lord let your kindness and your love appear to these men and women in authority. Let it appear to all men across the globe. Let it appear to all men across all the continents. Your kindness and your love. Your kindness and your love. That is what brings them to repentance. Not preaching judgmental preaching. Not praying, Lord, let your judgment be stayed. No, no, no. That won't happen. God will rain down fire and brimstone upon any nation. That happened on the cross. It's after this dispensation that brimstones and fire is permitted to come down. But as long as the dispensation is the grace of dispensation, it is his kindness and love and his goodness that must be released to all men. Then as many will come to his saving knowledge of Christ. Those who will reject his kindness, those who will reject his love, those who will reject his goodness, those who will reject the sacrifice of Christ Jesus, they are those that the, the judgment of God will fall upon them after the dispensation of grace is over. Hallelujah. After the dispensation of what? Grace is over. After the dispensation of grace is over. He said, but, he said, we were foolish those days. We were into diverse lust. Did you see that? Diverse lust and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Hateful. Hating one another. We couldn't even up to now. We are still hating one another. Those of us who are born again. Majority of us are still hating one another. Even after the love of God has appeared to us. After the goodness of God has been shown to us. After his kindness has been shown to us. Some of us are not able to walk in love. We are not able to love one another. May God give us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. I say may God give us grace in Jesus' name. Verse 5 says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us by the worship of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That is what I told you. Your, the principal will of God in the New Testament believer prayer is praying for continuous infilling of the Holy Ghost. Remember previously I made that statement? You see here, washing and regeneration of what? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the word of regeneration and renewing of what? The Holy Ghost. So every day, the new covenant believer is being renewed by the Holy Ghost. That's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you be, if you know how to go good, give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father? Now, how many of you ate this morning before coming? I know some of you ate maybe 2 o'clock, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I know some of you ate. <laughs> Amen. You, you loaded yourself before you went back to sleep and got up and came. And after church, you are going to eat again. Is that not it? Tomorrow you eat. Tomorrow next you eat. As long as you are breathing, you eat. Is that not Every day you are eating. Is that not it? What bread is to you is what the Holy Ghost is to your spirit. Hallelujah. What food is to your body is what the Holy Ghost is to your spirit man. That is what Jesus said. If anyone of he said, if you be evil, you know how to good, give good gifts. He said, will your son ask for fish and you give him a scorpion? Ask for stone. You see? But if you be evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more shall your father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? That is why here we are told that 
We are saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We are being renewed every day. So the believer, the New Testament prayers is this. The New Testament believer must pray every day for continuous infilling of the Holy Ghost and pray for all men. Intercede for all men that the goodness of God will be released to this man. This stone-hearted man, this thick-necked man, this stubborn man, the goodness of God will reach out to them. The message of God will locate them. The love of God will be poured upon them like a mighty rushing ocean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That the kindness of God will touch them. The every Nebuchadnezzar will be turned to a saint. Amen? Amen. That's what happened. When the message of God came upon Nebuchadnezzar, the man who was a beast all of a sudden became a president overnight. Is that not it? There are some beasts sitting on the thrones right now that they need the message of God to touch them. They need the love of God to touch them. They need the goodness of God to touch them. To turn them from beasts into human beings. That requires your prayer. That requires your prayer. It requires you partnering with Jesus Christ in his intercessory ministry. It's in his intercessory ministry. There is no man that will encounter the goodness of God and reject it. There is no man that will encounter the love of God and will stand it. He will melt. Ha! To no man has the capacity to withstand the love of God. He will be broken. No matter how hard-hearted that man is, no matter the stony heart he possesses, he will be broken to pieces. That's what he said in the, old, in the new covenant in Ezekiel 36. I will remove the stony heart. How? What, how will God remove the stony heart from them? By releasing his love unto them, upon them. By releasing his message upon them, by releasing his goodness upon them, by releasing his grace upon them. And remember Titus chapter 2 verse 11 he said the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that we should deny ungodliness but we should live so badly. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, I believe the, the, the church has failed the Lord Jesus Christ in this area. We are all guilty. We are all guilty because of ignorance. The intercessory, intercessory prayers that we were taught back there were well, it was no prayers. It was no prayers. It was just gyrating and shouting and yelling. It was no prayer. That's what few people were saying out of those prayers. Now imagine us going on a fast. Imagine us going on a fast and the fast is Lord, let your love touch every believer. In our neighborhood. Let your goodness touch every unbeliever in our neighborhood. Let your kindness touch every unbeliever in our neighborhood, in our families, in our father's house, in our mother's house. Abba. It won't take one month. We will witness a revival. We will witness a revival. A revival is coming. That is what God is using us to spearhead these messages. These are not popular messages. These are not popular prayer messages. These are not popular prayer messages. You ask somebody what is intercession? You know, to stand between uh, a man and God to, to pray. No, no, no. Intercession is what? Pray for the love of God to be released upon unbelievers. That's what intercession prayers are. I have proven it by the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what intercession is. And Jesus ever lived to make intercession for those who are apart of, those who are the utmost part, those who are not yet in the kingdom. Jesus is interceding for them. How? Is it by releasing the judgment upon them? If you release judgment upon them, will they be saved? No. He's interceding for them by releasing his love. That is what immediately is. He's appearing to them. A lot of Muslims in his world, in their dreams. He appears to them. Does he condemn them when he appears to them? He appears to them and says, I am Jesus. I am Isa. And all of a sudden, they start crying. Oh, my Lord. I had one testimony. This guy was in Iraq. He was, he was captured by these radicals, Islamic radicals. And then they went, they, they tortured this guy so bad. And then it, they were beating, they were hitting with the guns. All of a sudden, it looked like he was out of his body, but it looked like he was in his body. But he saw Jesus appear to him. And Jesus said, I've come to set you free. He said, you are going to leave this place. 
He said, I am Jesus. And I've come, I've come to set you free. He said, how? There are three people with guns. How can you do that? Jesus said, what? I'm going to set you free. All of a sudden, after that vision, three of them turned against each other. Papa, Papa started shooting each other. That is how he escaped there. Prior to that, Jesus appeared to the wife. Now, this was how called Muslims. Jesus appeared to the wife. Told the wife that I'm going to set your husband free. Oh, this man, his English wasn't good. But I said, please help me tell everybody that Jesus loved him. The, the, way, the way he spoke, it was so touching. It was so touching. We need to have learned, we need to have learned from Muslims. The Muslims that came to Christ, we need to have learned the way they came. They came by love. They came by his goodness. They came by his message, not by judgment. Hallelujah. Our prayers, the New Testament believer prayers is to do what? First of all, prayers and supplications and intercession should be made for all men. All men. And how do we do that? Praying for his love to be released upon them. Praying for his goodness to be released upon them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The intercession minister of Moses, Abraham, and Daniel was to stop or avert God's judgment. The intercession minister of Jesus Christ is to bring is to is to bring the salvation that was executed on the cross of Calvary. That was that is what the intercession minister of Jesus Christ is to bring. Hallelujah! Because our time is up. I will show you more. But you have been called into this ministry. When you are praying for men, when you are praying for your loved ones, those who are not saved, those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, even the slack ones among us, pray for more of God's goodness to be released upon them. Pray for more good, goodness of God to be revealed to them. Pray for more of God's love to be revealed to them. That is why Ephesians chapter 1 that the eyes of your understanding will be open. Is that what it is? That you will know the love of Christ. That's what passes what? Knowledge. You see that? Even when you are born again, we... Oh my. I think we have one more time where I will show you how believers have to pray for other believers. Amen? Now, this is believers pray for unbelievers. But I showed you a little bit last week how believers ought to pray for other believers. Because we saw Ephraim where he was praying for believers to become perfect and mature and stand complete in the will of God. We saw Paul praying in Ephesians chapter 1 that every believer should be filled with the knowledge of the lost will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Ephesians chapter 1, we saw Paul praying that the eyes of the understanding enlightened. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, I think I will do one more on believers, how a believer should intercede for fellow believers. How a believer should intercede for fellow believers. Praise the Lord. We touched it a little bit last week, but by God's grace, we will do a full teaching on that. But I believe that this is how the new covenant prayers are. Intercession ministry. Intercession for all men. For kings, presidents, those in authority, every level of authority, including teachers, including police officers, all men across the globe, we are to pray for them. How do we pray for them? God, God's goodness, God's love, God's mercies being released upon them like a rushing mighty ocean pouring upon their stubborn heart, breaking their stony heart out of them and giving them a heart of flesh. And then we pray for believers to be filled with the knowledge of the lost will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that believers will be filled more and more with the love of God. That is the prayers we pray for other believers. We pray for other believers continuously that they will be filled with what? With the love of God more and more and more and more. So when you wake up in the morning, you are praying for believers, your fellow Christians, pray that they will the love of God, they will be filled with the love of God more and more. You can find that in Philippians chapter 1. Hallelujah. 
Let, 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 let's read Philippians, Philippians 1 6. Philippians 1 6. Look at this. this. This is a prayer you have to pray for believers for. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Is that we have to pray for other believers that they will come to a point of acknowledging every good thing that Jesus has done for them. Acknowledging every good thing that is in them. Acknowledging every good thing that is in them. Man, there's no longer struggles in prayers. No longer struggles in prayer. You are, you are praying for God's love to be released upon your family, upon your children, upon unbelievers, upon all these terrible sinners out there. That God's love, God's grace, God's message, God's goodness, God's kindness will be poured upon them. Hallelujah. Let me read this and then we'll close. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. These are all just because of time, I have to just rush to cover everything. Verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another and towards all men, even as we do towards you. Did you see that? This, this is a prayer we have to pray for others. We have to pray for ourselves, we believers. We have to pray that we will abound in the love of God towards one another. That my love for you will increase more and more continuously. That your love for me will increase more and more continuously. That is the love we have to pray. That is the prayer we believers will be praying for ourselves. These are prayers that we have to pray for ourselves. Hallelujah. Are you there? Let me read it again. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another. And towards all men, not just towards another, but towards all men. So the New Testament believer must pray for other believers to abound in love towards one another and towards all men. Lord Jesus, forgive us. Forgive us of our ignorance. Forgive us for not taking time to study your word. Forgive us for not learning how to pray the new covenant prayers. We need to repent. We need to ask God for forgiveness. That is why there is no love in, in the church. That is why there is no love in the body of Christ. Men of God going after men of God. Prophets going after prophets. Teachers going after teachers. Members going after men. Carnality prevailing in the body of Christ. Because we are not praying that the love of God will keep increasing every day in us. That my love for you will increase continuously. Your love for me will increase continuously. If our love is increasing every day for one another. Where is the place for sin? Where is the place for the flesh? Where is the place for fighting? Where is the place to manifest carnality? No room. We have left these things every day. We are busy asking for what to eat and drink. Shame on us. Shame on us. And the Lord make you to increase and abandon love one towards another and towards all men, even as we do towards you. To the end, he may establish your house unblameable in holiness. So when we pray that we will keep abounding in love towards one another, the Lord will now establish us in holiness. We are able to walk in practical holiness. Hallelujah. Unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all saints. Final Ephesians chapter 1, and then we'll close. I read this last week. I'm just going to read it again. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. You see that? So, the, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Philippians 1, 9. So, the New Testament prayers, the New Testament believer must pray every day. For he and other believers to increase in the love of God, in the knowledge of the love of God. We don't know that we don't have the knowledge of God's love. That's why we are suffering. That's why the devils are after us. 
That is why everything is against us. And this I pray that your love may abundance more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve things that are excellent. That you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ. You see that? So it is the love of God that makes us to be sincere without offense until the day of Christ. That we can approve things that are excellent. We can choose things that are excellent. Excellent things. Look at verse 11. And be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto glory and praise of God. If we don't pray to grow in the love of God, if we don't pray to increase in the love of God, carnality will be the order of the day in the body of Christ. May God have mercy. I will take time and teach on the prayers of the new covenant. How the new believers should pray for one another completely. This one, because we are rushing to finish this topic, I just condense it with the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ. But this message is the summary of the prayers of the new covenant. It's the prayers of what? The new covenant. You don't have business asking for material things. As you are praying for others, material things are following you. You are praying for God's goodness to reach out to non-believers. You are praying for God's love to reach out to them. You are praying for his message to reach out to them. And you are praying for yourself and for other believers in the church to keep increasing in the love of God. And to keep increasing in God's love towards one another. That is prayer in the new covenant. Do you see how different it is from the psalmist? Do you see that? That's what I was telling you. Not all the, not the church is, we are very used to pray the psalmist, the, the prayers in Psalms. Not all the prayers that has to do with the new covenant. Some of them are not, some of them are not prayers which should be like Psalm 51. You don't have business praying that prayer. Hallelujah. Receive grace to pray the new covenant prayers. Receive grace to pray the new covenant prayers. Receive grace to pray the new covenant prayers. Receive, please take time and go through this series again. Go through, the, especially this last message. Go back and listen to this message again. Listen to it until every content of this message is inside you. Jesus is the great intercessor. He is the the, the intercessor between God and man. He is the one standing between you and God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the mediator between God and man. He's the one who gave himself as a ransom for us all. So he is standing between God and between us, preventing the judgment of God to come upon unbelievers unto all those who are deep for salvation and what? I say, before he will be taken away for the judgment of God to strike. And it is your duty and my duty to partner with him and pray for his love to be released, his kindness, his goodness, his message to be released to this unbeliever. And at the same time, pray for one another that we will keep growing in his love and we will keep growing in love towards one another. Towards one another towards one another. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord cause you to grow in love more and more. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and say, Father, cause me to increase in love.